0: Hey everybody, it's Allie and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, May 22nd, 2016. Of course, Sage kept a journal. It makes complete sense that the woman who would be meticulously writing letters to be distributed at the reading of her will would also be keeping a beautiful teal moleskin journal in which she wrote down her deepest fears and thoughts. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Of course, a journal. My eyebrow definitely raised as soon as that little twist entered onto the scene this week. And it was that little twist, the introduction of the journal that sent Sharon into a tailspin. It was the first part of the week us seeing Sharon with that deer in the headlights look and the eyes shifted around. I mean, anybody with a brain could figure out that that woman is hiding something. And can I just see? say bravo to Mariah. Can we get a standing ovation for that girl? I was so impressed with her this week. She calls Sharon out. Why are you being so shifty, Sharon? Why do you seem like you don't want me here? Like you don't want me to Discover something. What is it exactly that's in Sage's journal that you don't want Nick or anybody else to find out? And damn if Sharon didn't admit it. All of it. Down to the very last detail. I could not believe it. I was not expecting Sharon to just come forth with everything. I mean, I think Sharon was just literally like a balloon waiting to burst. She had just been filled, filled, filled with this secret. And all Mariah had to do was put the tiniest pin inside of her. And all of that air just burst all over the place. And man, Mariah's face. The actress did such a good, good job. Like the look of horror on her face as that hot air of truth just like blew her hair back. Oh my goodness. It was so good. I couldn't believe it. And Mariah did not go soft on her either. I mean, there was not a whole lot of empathy for Sharon during that big reveal. Of course, Sharon tried to Thank you. the cat give her point of view and her motivation for why she's doing what she's doing Um, and, and I think a lot of it is Sharon just sort of weighing out the damage that would be caused by telling the truth versus telling the lie because for as terrible as that look was on Mariah's face when Mariah learned the truth, imagine the look of horror that would be on Dylan's face on six face. And I think she just can't bear for that reality to come to light. In Sharon's mind, the lie is so much less damaging. Nick doesn't ever really have to know that Sully is Christian. If Nick never knew that, then everything, everybody would be okay. Nick will eventually heal from the loss of his wife and it's it's the least damaging scenario. The truth on the other hand is just going to blow Everything up and Mariah, I think, realizing that and pulling it out into the light and exposing it was exactly what Sharon needed to realize that maybe I just need to tell the truth before the truth comes and finds me. So it was the first part of the week, Sharon scrambling and thinking she's gonna have to OMG find Dylan and tell Dylan. ASAP before he finds out from Nick or somebody else and just as Sharon is getting ready to tell the truth, of course, the storyline took another little bit of a turn, but I'll focus on that in a second because I want to make sure to kind of just take a moment to zero in on Mariah here because she is once again in a very, very important position because even if the truth did not come out this week, it's probably going to be Mariah who plays a big role in The Truth coming out. I don't know, in the future, whenever it does. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, she is stuck in this position. Again, it's the exact same position that she was in when Sharon had the miscarriage. Now she is in the unfortunate place of not only having to watch Sharon lie. I mean, that's your mother. And by the way, she still calls Sharon Sharon. Have you noticed that? There's She doesn't call her mom. There's still, there's still something where these two women are not close which also makes it even a little more surprising that it was Mariah Sharon seemed to feel comfortable confiding in about this. Or maybe it was just like, a, I can't lie to this person who obviously sees right through me. But it's it's Mariah being forced into this position once again where she's not only having to watch Sharon lie, but now she is complicit in the lie. She has to lie too. Again! Maybe Sage was so distraught about discovering the truth about Christian that maybe while she was in the car, she was actually scribbling in her little journal, and that's what caused her to crash. (laughs) Um, it, it, It was a little bit of a leap to even think that Sage would have time to write all of this down in her journal. It seems like it was kind of maybe an older journal because the contents of it and the big reveal of the twist of what was inside was, uh, I I mean, I I just couldn't freaking believe it. Like, I, I don't, I still don't even entirely know what to make of it, but essentially the journal, which was supposedly written by Sage, said that Adam killed Constance. That, that Adam Newman this you know this guy was he killed a little old lady. <laughs> in cold blood. I mean, how how horrible would that have to be? And why would Sage feel compelled to keep that secret? And why would she then go on to develop a friendship with Adam and a, and a marriage with Adam and feel close to him? It did the, the dots are not connecting for me, but it does provide a little bit of an interesting twist for the situation, and it might end up being a catalyst for the big reveal that could be coming. Um, Of course, Nick hears this and he is or reads this, excuse me, and he is livid that Adam would do such a thing. He runs right to Dylan and insists that Dylan investigate this potential homicide, but that's only because Nick can't get a hold of Adam himself. First, he goes directly to Adam, who's not there, and he confronts Chelsea, and there's this big hoopla, and he ended up, toward the end of the week, actually confronting Adam about the, the, you know, why would he do this, and I think Adam was just as shocked that this was the content of of the journal as any of the viewers were. Chelsea was blown back by it. It was such a shame because Because Adam and Chelsea had this beautiful renewing of their wedding vows, I think on Monday's show, and they are feeling so bonded and so connected and acknowledging that they've had problems in their relationship in the past and that a lot of it has been because Adam has lied and kept things from her. And now here is another supposed secret that is bubbling up to the surface, and Chelsea had to take a moment to ask herself if she believed whether or not Adam was lying and ultimately she she does believe that he's telling the truth because it's so absolutely absurd to me that Adam would kill that old woman. I can't believe nobody else is thinking this is this is just too bizarre. It's like Adam gets no benefit of the doubt whatsoever. He he unfortunately was involved in covering up uh, what happened with Delia and so now forever he will always be the marked man. He will always be under suspicion for any bad thing that happens in Genoa City. Almost like somebody knows that, too. I I couldn't believe that Dylan, in his police capacity, comes marching into Adam's condo to reveal that, ugh, they're going to be exhuming Constance's body? Well, that just... She, she was a little old lady. She was older. I mean, uh, what, what are they going to find? What are they going to I mean, because I guess they just never did an autopsy. And now what are they going to look for? Strangle? Mar- this is terrible. How is this even going to work out? And the the big revelation at the end of this of the series or of the show series of shows for this week uh, was Adam trying to Uh, defend himself against um, this horrific charge. And it dawns on him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't think Sage wrote that diary at all. I don't know why I didn't think of it before. This is Victor's doing. Victor had that diary planted. Victor is trying to frame me for murder right now, which I don't. If if Constance's body is exhumed, this is horrible. This I, I I can't get over that that idea. I would not want my relative exhumed. That's just it's so disrespectful. I can't even believe that they're going to do it. And on what authority? I ugh, ugh. I guess I guess police can just do that. I don't know. But um, if if all of a sudden she has some signs of, um, foul play, I, 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 that's going to look really bad for Adam, but I just, I seriously can't believe that he would do that. Do you guys think that he would do that? This has got to be Victor. Who else on earth could it be? I mean, you got to look at the trail of who would have a motive to want to take Adam down, and I can't quite think of anybody who would be better at that than Victor. The other little element of this that I think that could prove very interesting is that Nick Nick is demanding to see that letter that Sage wrote. And Adam may just have to end up showing the letter to somebody, either to Nick or Dylan, doesn't really matter who, to prove his own innocence. Adam goes to Victor this week, visits him in prison and says to him, whatever your plan is to try to get out of jail, I just want you to count on me trying to block it. So you're going to sit here for 10 years. You're going to serve the entire length of your sentence. And there is nothing, no tricks, no rabbit up your hat, no ace up your sleeve that you're going to do in order to get out of this, which, of course, we all know is is not going to be and ended up being true. And there was just this really intense confrontation between Victor and Adam. I mean, Victor punched the wall after Adam left. And I think it's so many swirling emotions, too. I think it has to be hard for Victor to uh, accept that not only is his plan going to get foiled, but just that his children hate him so much. And there was this haunting uh, flashback of Victor meeting his own father. And the flashback was framed as an and in memory of George Kennedy who played Victor's father and who passed away recently um, I absolutely remembered that scene and I thought it was so well placed and well timed um, do you guys remember when Victor went to go see his own father it was I believe at Nick's encouragement so Nick was there too and the guy is older he's rich and he doesn't want to have anything to do with Victor implies that Victor is just money, money grubbing even offers him cash to go away and I just I watched that scene. I always remembered that scene. I always loved it. And of course I cried all over again. <laughs> oh and, and I loved watching Eric Braden. And he he was incredible. Um and 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 it was especially haunting because there was a lot of themes that were being echoed in Victor's big rebellious speech against his father that were so relevant about things that he was doing as a father to his own children. I mean, he's saying no wealth means anything without your family. Well, that's a a really, it's an adage that makes sense, Victor, but it's not something that you ultimately ever put into play in your own Life, uh, and, and so I heard him saying that, and I heard him talking to his father, saying, um, "You know, maybe I should thank you for the pain that you've caused me, because it's 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 why I am who I am." And on the one hand, I totally understood it, and it it's kind of one of the reasons why I think I end up defending Victor, because I understand the backstory. I understand that Victor had no example. I mean, to find your father after all those years and that's what you get. I mean, he didn't have a mother. This was his father. I understand that Victor and who he is and everything that he's become has been out of a rebellion for that. So that's why I think that scene was so well-timed and well-placed coming right after uh, of course, constantly having negative vi- visits with Victoria, constantly having negative visits with Nick, Nikki, and just after Adam was there, and there's just no love loss. In fact, there it just seems like between Adam and Victor, it's a complete rivalry. There's not even really a whole lot of respect or love left over. And to me, I took that flashback scene uh, and Victor punching the wall afterwards as him realizing his own. Ultimate moment of failure, realizing that he's turned into his father. This is the one thing that Victor never wanted to be, and he's become it. Uh, so I, so it's 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 another reason why it kind of makes me wonder. Why would Victor go and do and, and plant? I mean, obviously, Victor has a motive for planting the, you know, Sage's Diary, if indeed he did. But then there's other another part of me that thinks, how would he do it? Uh, why would he really do it? Does he really want to go that far? Did he really need to do that? Because Adam's big realization was that Victor not only wants me to pay, but he wants me in there sitting right next to him, which I, I guess is probably in and of itself the the, the the, the revenge motivation right there that Adam thinks he's so in high and mighty. Adam avoided prison uh, over what happened with Delia while Victor sits there. So maybe maybe it is Victor. Maybe this is Victor's big idea to say, hey, big kid, you think you're so big? You think you're going to just enjoy life out there and act like me and not have consequences? Well, you can sit right here next to me in jail. So maybe maybe that is it. It's it's crazy. Um, but I, I tell you, I I am really kind of enjoying, yet at the same time appalled by, the fact that Victor and Meredith Gates are getting much, much closer this week. They are close. They are handholdy. And this week we've had two smoochy smoochy moments between them. Can you believe it? It feels like it came out of Absolute nowhere. I thought I, I felt like it was a friendship, but I didn't know that it was gonna. They were gonna be lock and lips this week. That feels a little soon. But pff, either way, there goes the theory that they're related. <laughs> of course, it would be a romantic relationship. I mean, it's and it's so. It's how would you feel seeing them kiss? Because there's a part of me that I was kind of covering my eyes a little bit. Like, I don't want to really see this. Victor can really only kiss Nikki. (laughs) and I'll be okay with it. I don't really want to see him kissing anybody else and I just have so much pity for her but let me ask you because I think this is a good topic for a poll question for this week. Does Victor have real romantic feelings for for Meredith, or is he using her, or I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of both. I want to hear where your head is on this because I think there's certainly an argument to be made that he does find her attractive. He is stuck with. Oh, he was giving her this line saying, um, "You know, being in prison is one thing, but uh, being you know being in here and not being able to be with you—that's the real prison." Ah, oh, I mean, I I I suppose. It could be completely genuine. I think there is an argument to be made for it. He is very, very alone. She's someone who's trying to understand him, and she's feeding him the narrative that Victor likes to hear about all of his goodness, about why he's doing what he's doing, and that he's right. Meredith is telling him that he's right, and Victor likes to hear that. It validates him when no one else in his life is validating him, so I think there that it could certainly be that he has real feelings for her, but then And there's this part of me that can't help thinking he's totally using her a hundred percent using her. I mean, and it's working. She's already expressed that she wants to help get him out of jail, that she wants to talk to her father to get him out. Not only that, but she went to Nikki and hadn't talked with Nikki this week and told her that she wants to get Victor out of prison. So she is definitely doing his bidding. She is going through with what he wants and what is she really getting out of the deal? That's what to me makes it a little bit suspicious. But then, of course, there's always the off chance that he is kind of using her, but is also sort of attracted to her. I think no doubt about it. She she is drawn to him. Victor Newman is a compelling man, be, whether he is in prison blues or in his power suit uh, or his leather jacket. like she, she cannot help being drawn to the mustache. But the question is, is Victor really drawn to her? If you want to cast your vote on that question and leave some comments and talk around some theories, whyrchat.com uh, is where you can vote on that. Um, Nikki, Did not take the news very lightly that Victor has someone on the inside trying to help him get out. She is fearful. I think Nikki is afraid on many levels of what it means for Victor to get out of jail personally, uh, just sort of in a protecting of herself and her feelings sort of way, but also that there could be some real repercussions that Victor's gonna lash out and do something horrible to them all. So she's trying to be proactive and she decides to file for divorce or hire uh, Michael to prepare the divorce papers. And I don't know if she's actually going going to go through with it or not. I think she I'm assuming she probably will. She is she's trying to be strong. She had the moment of weakness this week where she wanted to take a drink and yet she took a step back and um, kind of connected in with Catherine and is trying to get her life back on track and she's actually listening to advice that people are giving her and she had a great conversation with Dylan this week where he said you know you, you should eliminate people who are toxic in your life, which is which is very good advice. And so Nikki has decided to go through and and uh, if, if she does decide to actually go through and file for the divorce, I think she will. I I am honestly wondering if Victor is going to turn right around and propose to Meredith. Billy and Phyllis, hot or not? The result of last week's poll was 58% say not hot, but a kind of a close 42% said hot, which surprised me. I just based on initial reactions to the Billy and Phyllis affair, I thought everybody was going to say no, and 42% is a strong uh, a number of people who said they thought it was hot and I, I tell you if you do anything else this week you gotta go to yrchat.com and read the comments on this because there's a really good and balanced representation of opinions there I really liked reading them and it was just you guys blew me away because of course uh, there's you know, the obvious argument to be made that their affair is just so wrong because it's you know, it's based on the affair, but I also really liked several people mentioning that they felt like um, and I, I saw a few comments on YouTube that said this too uh, just in general that they felt like Jack abandoned Phyllis after the whole Marco situation and so now it's just kind of fair game a lot of people said they felt that Jack is reaping some uh karma here not only for what you know that action with Phyllis but the things he did with Kelly and the way he treated her and so I I kind of liked hearing the other side of the coin that maybe this affair is hot. Maybe this affair is good. Some people just said it's just straight up hot just because. <laughs> Don't care if it's right or wrong. Just think it's hot. Um, but the, you know, there there were a lot of opinions here and I thought, I thought it was really good. I kind of almost feel like there's a part of me that feels bad for thinking it's a little hot. Like i was ashamed to say that maybe it is a little bit hot. Not saying it's right. By any means, but it's daytime. It's soapy. It's it's um, sultry, and I like. I do think the actors. Uh, I think this Phyllis and this Billy have a little bit of chemistry. I mean, it's not like a hundred percent. I'm there, but there is a part of me that's that's watching it, and I'm thinking, I don't know. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not good, but it's not that bad. It kind of reminds me of when Phyllis had the affair with. Nick because Nick was married to Sharon at the time and I remember feeling like no Nick should stay with his wife they just lost a child together and yet at the same time I was so drawn in to the that it was so unexpected the Phyllis and uh Nick affair that they would even pick up and and run in the same circle and develop anything was just it was so unexpected to me and so I think I'm feeling a little bit of that now, although I still feel like I'm having a hard time believing that it's some big romantic love here because Billy is thinking that this is all fate. I mean, he's telling Ashley this week about this mystery woman in his life who he's really having feelings with and how great she is, and that at the very end of Friday's show, despite the fact that, that Phyllis has asked him to stay away and they've both agreed to it. He bumps into her in the park and starts to pressure her about going forward and continuing with this relationship, saying how much he thinks about her, how much he's wanted her for a while, and that he thinks that they can make it work. And of course, they end up kissing in the park yet again. Oh, man. (laughs) I just like, I feel like, and Phyllis said, this is not romance. Billy this is just sex and there's a part of me that thinks I well like that's how I'm reading it because I just can't see these two people picking up and having some long-term relationship I I just I I don't know I think Phyllis is right to to try at this point to save her marriage, to save her family and her life, and to not pursue this with billy It's just kind of one of those naughty, sexy things that maybe you can think about, but you need to put that in the in the back of your head. And, and logically, the right thing to do is to just act like it never happened and not pursue it. And it never should have happened in the first place, of course. Um, but I think that obviously the sexual connection is there and it's probably not going to stop. I thought that maybe Phyllis was going to confess to Jack that she was involved with Billy. I thought maybe she was going to be so overcome with guilt that she couldn't help to tell him because, you know, at the very beginning of Uh, the week, Jack asks Phyllis, are you drawn to my brother? And she says yes. And then she quickly covers it up by saying that she has a lot in common with him and, you know, everything except the fact that she just boned him at the chancellor mansion while Jack was completely innocently unaware. So I I thought maybe she was going to tell the truth, but she completely covers it up. And then she has the nerve to scold Jack about the fact that he was talking to Hillary about some of his feelings because I mean we know that while Phyllis was having sex with Jack's brother Jack was kind of trying to talk through some of his emotions for the very first time with Hillary and Phyllis was not happy about it. He said something she said to him something like there's only room for two people in this marriage and I could not believe that Phyllis was saying that to Jack about him just talking to Hillary. I can understand you know not wanting your husband to talk to other people about any kind of marital problems but it was the pot calling the kettle black there she had no leg to stand on it was I was like please girl please I kind of like the uh, the the tension that's building up between Phyllis and Hillary, though, because Hillary did indicate to Phyllis that she knows something's up in their relationship, and Phyllis immediately felt threatened by it, and she really, really should. Uh, and sh- and Phyllis has mentioned on more than one occasion that she just doesn't like Hillary. She thinks Hillary's bad news, and it was so ironic, Jack ta- saying, "Well, how long are we, you know, gonna uh, blame Hillary for the fact that she had this affair?" with Neil. I mean, it's like the two situations, everything that happened with Devon and Neil and Hillary it, and, and the situation with Phyllis and Billy and Jack are just kind of coinciding and, and, and relating to one another. And it's so right. It's so interesting that they would even bring these two worlds close together. But I loved Jack saying to her, like, how long do we need to punish Hillary for that affair? I mean, Hillary is just someone who knows knows what she wants. She uses unconventional methods to get it. Kind of sounds like somebody I know. Kind of implying that maybe Hillary is a little more like Phyllis. And just so unknowing. It was just the it was so ironic and I loved it. And I think Phyllis felt it too. I think Phyllis feels very ashamed of herself. Um, And she should. She should. She had an affair uh, with her husband's brother. (laughs) So um, and she's going to probably continue to do it. This is not gonna end by any means, um, but I, I just really like the comparison there, and I wonder if maybe Hillary's gonna start following Phyllis. Maybe Hillary is going to. I mean, can't. You see it. Can't you just see Hillary snapping a little photo? I mean, they're kissing in the park. Can't you just see Hillary snapping a photo of those two together and taking it back to Jack? Because I can. I mean, Jack is uh, going overtime defending Hillary, so he already has a trust in her. And so I think, I don't know, I just wonder... What do you guys think, by the way, about when Jack was defending Hillary? He said something to the effect of um, nobody ever gave Hillary a break. Do you think that's true? I don't know why, but that line really stuck with me. And I thought, well, I think... Hillary's had a couple of breaks. I mean, she had love with Neil. She had a relationship with Devon. I think Hillary's had a lot of breaks. (laughs) I thought that it was interesting the way that Jack was kind he's kind of making excuses for her when she is toxic and he doesn't really know how bad she is. I mean, we've got Neil drinking again this week, by the way, goes to the bar, starts ordering shots. I mean, it's, it's a good thing that Luca private detective wasn't taking pictures of Neil at the bar. I mean, he's the head of a sobriety foundation slinging back whiskeys at a dingy bar. He's lucky he didn't get caught there. Uh, and uh, then later on, Lily, who is still reeling from finding out the truth about what Neil did, Hillary and all that, confronts Hillary and says to her, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll just decide to tell my brother, Devon, that you you're making a play for Jack now. Don't think I haven't noticed exactly what you're doing. But I got to tell you, I don't think that's it. I just don't. I mean, it it's sort of on the surface. Seems like Billy and Phyllis are going to hook up and Hillary and Jack are going to hook up. But I just really don't think that's where they're going to take it. I, the all I can see and all I can guess is that right now Jack is the only sober owner of that Abbott Winners Foundation he is going around town give, constantly giving Nikki good advice about staying on the wagon and it just seems to me a little too good to be true I think Jack is being too reasonable right now I think he's too devoted to his sobriety right now I mean it, that can only mean one thing I think Hillary's goal is not to develop a romantic relationship with Jack. I think it's going to be to take Jack down. And it was Phyllis who helped Jack get sober in the first place. If Hillary ends up exposing the Billy and Phyllis affair, that's going to go right to Jack's sobriety he's gonna go right to the bar he's gonna go right to the pills Jack's gonna definitely fall off the wagon leaving Hillary like I think her goal is to be the only one stand. she's the only one standing up just looking out at the ruins and everybody else
1: in the dust
0: Victoria arrived at Billy's bachelor pad right after Phyllis left. I mean, Billy was still shirtless. There was still blankets on the floor. I mean, I don't even want to know what else she may have discovered. It was pretty clear to Victoria, probably when the door opened and the waft of sex fit filled the air. I mean, she, she figured it out real quick, and it was so humiliating for her. And it's just, it's really victoria is not taking this very well at all I mean she of course she has to be victoria and she has to immediately go to Michael and get him to reaffirm the custody arrangement so that uh you know no dropping by we can't let this happen again I mean victoria's instinct is to just be very focused and driven and we'll get it on we'll get it in writing she is very emotionless uh, and uh Uh, that's how she's trying to approach it dealing with her emotions anyway by being emotionless Uh, but then she goes right to Travis and apologizes for running out on him which she's already done like two times she's already like ran out of him ran out on him and apologized to him like two times in the course of two weeks maybe even three times uh and she she goes to him and says you know what let's do go to your house let's go to your apartment and get it on and they did and I it did Does it seem really desperate to you? Because to me... I, I don't feel like it's romance. I mean, she doesn't even want to hear him talk. She doesn't want him to know who she is. She doesn't really ask him any questions about him. It's clear, like, anytime he tries to have a conversation with her, she cuts it off. Like, no talking. You're here for one thing, and it's it's not above your waist. <laughs> so just hush, hush, hush. Let's just do the nasty, and I'll move on. Maybe this, maybe I, maybe this will help me get over my ex. Husband, and I just feel so bad for Travis and all of this. I just he just comes off as this poor guy who really he sees her and she's compelling. She's beautiful, she's smart, she's probably everything he's ever wanted in a woman, but he has no idea the mess that he's getting himself into on so many levels. On on a public level, on a private level, with her and her messed up marriage and her kids and her father i mean dude travis you need to run the other way (laughs) i would not blame him if he did um and then there's luca there's the Luca factor. He comes into the bar after uh, after they've had, after Victoria and Travis have consummated the deal and she's ran out on him and broken his heart already. I mean, they've been together for a week and he's already heartbroken over her. And Luca comes in, orders his mint julep or whatever that was. And he sits there smugly asking questions of Travis, trying to relate to him and basically pump him For information. Does Luca even know what he's going to do with this information? That's my question. I don't think he knows what he wants, except maybe he can use it as a way to get Summer a better job at Newman Enterprises. I don't know. Does Summer even need any help? Who freaking knew that she was an oil commodity expert? I mean, she, the way she was going on about the upstreams and the midstreams and the downstreams—did uh, you buy that? I just—I couldn't believe it. I mean, she, it was so um out of left field. It was—it was like she was she was just struggling a little bit, but uh, I mean, it was so complex, and it was just like all of a sudden she was this the brainiac in this scene. Describing to Victoria how valuable she could be when dealing with the Newman energy sect. It was just, it was a little over the top, but if I take that out of the equation, she did a good job. I mean, if, if Summer is, <laughs> when is she having time to study all of this oil stuff? I don't know. <laughs> it's a little bit of a leap for me, but I'll go with it and just say, Summer, you did an awesome job. You know, you proved yourself to Victoria in that way. That would be a good way to get in with her if, if that's what you want is to get in and do a job at Newman Enterprises. Just prove yourself to her. Don't sit there and compose an email to the executives or whoever the heck it was uh, with Luca on Victoria's computer and sign Victoria's name, sending a letter, like forging a letter Uh, on Victoria's behalf to these people thinking that she's gonna do something good well that right there proves that you're like not ready at all that's so immature and it's so wrong and what would make her do that you think that Victoria is gonna appreciate that you just saved the day that's gonna destroy any respect that you may have just earned by giving that upstream downstream middle stream speech I don't get it, but I don't know. I'm assuming that Luca is just going to turn around and make Victoria give her, give Summer that division or something. But I just, at the end of the day, if Luca is planning on blackmailing Victoria, which I am assuming that he is, I just don't see how the information he has on her is that damaging. So she's having an affair who isn't having an affair in this town. I am so sorry, you guys. I must have missed a couple of correct answers during last week's Who Said It quote, and the irony is I was trying a different method of filtering through all of the answers to try to get to the correct ones, so I could give proper credit to the people who got the quote right, and I don't know what I did. I was trying to do something, I was trying to do it on the back end to make it more efficient because I'm usually... Going through a bunch of comments, sometimes there's conversation within the comments, and I'm trying to uh, filter through the ones that are not right and get to the ones that are, and also kind of make it quick and uh, so that I can read them quickly. I'm like recording the podcast and the video at the same time, and uh, I don't want to get it wrong. And so I, the irony was that I was trying to do it better, and I guess I ended up doing it worse. So I'm so sorry if I missed you. Please forgive me. Um, There will be other chances for sure, like uh, like this week, for instance. But first, let me start out with the last quote, which was, jealousy is a natural human emotion. That was the quote from last week, and it was Sharon who said that. And I loved what a great demonstration it was of Sharon showing all of this wisdom. She was actually having a conversation with Mariah, trying to coach her through everything that was going on between her and Kevin and sort of trying to get Mariah to admit that she was jealous of Natalie. And so Sharon says to her, jealousy is a natural human emotion. And I thought, what a good example of Sharon being so wise and so rational and being the mother that maybe Mariah needs and and just demonstrating so much um, just grace and wisdom. And I just knew that it was all going to fall to pieces (laughs) as soon as I heard her say that. And it's it's interesting, especially because it was this week that we saw any probably respect that Sharon or and goodwill that Sharon had built up with Mariah completely destroyed. It's so I guess like in some ways in and of itself, that's the dichotomy of Sharon, because she can give you mother's milk. She can give you wise kind of salt of the earth, great wisdom, such as jealousy is a natural human emotion. Mariah, and then in in the next breath, it's like crazy DNA switching, paternity results, and lies, and and fire starting. And I guess that's sort of the nature of the character. Maybe maybe it's the beauty of the character. I do love Sharon. I am a fan. Uh, I wish that she could get reeled in a little bit, but she's she she always is something to talk about. Uh, So. I'm, I'm hoping I got it I'm I'm doing a 2.0 on my method of filtering through the answers this week and hopefully <laughs> I'm gonna get everyone this week. if if I don't miss anyone then I'm going to assume this method is a little bit more <laughs> effective. Um, so the chatters who got that quote right and correctly guessed that it was Sharon were Amanda, MT, Troy, Jen, Dylan, Erin, Sean. Henry, Connor, Tanya, Austin, and Naomi, Victoria, Sonia, Sharita, and T-Nicole. <laughs> I hope I got everybody. That The other thing, too, is I didn't used to get as many correct answers. I think there's just way more chatters lately. So everybody wants to talk about the show, and that's so awesome. So I'm getting a lot more correct answers, uh, and so I'm trying my best, <laughs> trying my best to get everybody Um but let's do this week's quote. Um, I think this was a good one, and I think it pretty well sums up Genoa City. So you tell me who you think said this. This town is full of people who've been given second chances. Who said it? This town is full of people who've been given second chances. If you think you know who said it, and if you go to yrchat.com to leave your guess, and if it's correct, I will give you your shout out on next week's chat. Promise!
1: We also had a
0: question on the website last week uh, that if you got to be recast as any YNR character, who would it be like, which role would you want to play? And there are a ton of really good answers. You guys picked some good people. Like you guys picked people from the past even that I never would have thought of. Um, And lots of good ones. I I, I think my favorite, because this really, really made me laugh, was Henry. He said he wanted to be recast. As Devon or Neil, so that he could have romantic scenes with Hillary. I, I completely laughed out loud on that one because I thought well now there's a spin I didn't think of I said I wanted to be, play Victoria but maybe I should have picked Lily so because I wouldn't mind waking up next to Kane on a daily basis <laughs> so that's a good spin on that question but there are a ton of good answers there if you didn't get a chance to to leave your uh, your comment or your dream recast uh, then you should go to yrchat.com and do that and just read all the comments. Uh, I thought that was a really good question. If anybody else has any good hypothetical questions that you think would be fun to toss out to the community, please keep them coming. Keep them coming. I would love uh, to hear your ideas. And of course, my favorite part is reading your comments. Um, Lotfali at yrchat.com says, I know this is minor stuff, I love little Sully. He seems transfixed in every scene with his wide-eyed gaze staring at the face of whoever's talking. And that's so funny because Gina also left me a voicemail this week and says, how gorgeous is that baby Sully? I just want to gobble him up. (laughs) So that's so funny because I was noticing that too. The scene in the park with Nikki and Dylan and Sully and he was just wide-eyed, staring at Nikki. It was adorable. You gotta admit, that is a cute little baby. <laughs> so we gotta put some Sully love out there. I, gotta, I wish that we would get past the paternity thing simply so that I could decide whether I'm gonna call him Sully or Christian. <laughs> I always get stuck not knowing what to call him. Um, Gina, in her voicemail, goes on to say, I loved seeing Lauren with Michael this week. I'd love to see more of them. And every time I see him though, I keep wondering, are you cancer free? They just didn't do a good ending there. Yes, Gina. I mean, first of all, Michael and Lauren are still my favorite couple on the show. I loved that she was trying to encourage him to get his law license back, and of course, it worked. She's, and and it was even later in the week, too. Kevin saying, I can't see you being doing early bird specials and playing shuffleboard, Michael. You, you know, you're not the retiring kind, the retiring type, and you even though Michael made this compelling argument to Lauren about, let's just travel, let's enjoy our lives. Lauren says, I don't think that's who we are. I'm a CEO of a company. You're a brilliant attorney. You need to use your gifts. This is what you love to do. And he ultimately did decide to go through with trying to get his law license back. So I was glad to see them just be in them. I mean, it was such an easy scene. Just I love sometimes just character scenes doesn't all have to be paternity switches just having a moment with Michael and Lauren was totally satisfying for me this weekend Gina why haven't they talked about the cancer I mean they just completely dropped that I'm I've, I get a lot of people comment about this every time Michael's on the scene I mean YNR did a really dark and heart-wrenching storyline around Michael's cancer and then just never mentioned it again Um, it's, it's really kind of disappointing that they didn't resolve that in any way are they ever maybe not Kat at YRchat.com says, I thought the vow renewal by Adam and Chelsea this week was so sweet and unexpected. Um, uh, it was a, as adorable as their vow of I love you today. I will love you tomorrow. Now and ever was. It's Soap 101 that something bad is about to happen to break them up soon. Oh, do you think so, Kat? I was wondering that, too. It was almost too good to be true. What is going to come between Adam and Chelsea so if that's the writing on the wall um of too good to be true then what is it that's going to come between Adam and Chelsea maybe it's going to be him getting arrested (laughs) oh good lord um and I and I'm wondering too by the way if that is exactly what's going to happen um Because Justin Hartley uh, got—he's doing some kind of primetime role, and I'm sorry I don't have the details. But he and I I think it's already filmed. I think he did film some kind of show for primetime, and I wonder if they're—if that now it's done. I'm and because YNR is pre-recorded, like they're recording some. You know, this probably happened three months ago. I'm wondering if they're going to coincide Adam actually going to jail with him going off to film that primetime uh, show. And I, I'm wondering if he if the show gets picked up or if he if he continues to do primetime roles, is he going to still be on The Young and the Restless? I mean, I, I hope so. I really like him. I like this, Adam. I think he's done a phenomenal job. I was thinking that this week in the uh, the scene between he and Victor in the in the jail. It's like Justin Hartley just grabbed that role and he just made it his own and 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 brought new life to it. I mean, I'm still a Michael Mooney fan. But I also really like uh, what Justin Hartley has brought to the role. Jamie left me a voicemail saying I can't help but reflect on when Adam first came to town and wrote that fake journal with Jack. Maybe Victor is planning the perfect revenge on him because I can't imagine Sage writing any of that. Yes, Jamie, I was thinking the same thing about the journal. It was like the very first storyline that Adam had when he came on the show. He was working with Jack to fake this diary of Victor's, and I'm not sure what it was. I think they were implying even that Victor killed somebody. I don't know who. I don't, I don't remember exactly what the circumstance was. I'm pretty sure we were YNR chatting at the time, though, because um, I vaguely remember talking about it. Uh, but it, it's it's so ironic, and it would be so perfect for Victor to then spin this. I hope YNR mentions that next week as they pursue this storyline, because that's such a really, really good tie-in. Um, and, and, and like you, Jamie, I just... I, it doesn't make sense to me that Sage would say it. Why, why would she think it? Uh, I mean, I don't even know why she would think it, let alone write it in the diary. Um, Daisy on Facebook says, if Victor's behind Sage's diary discovery, the only person I can think of that would help Victor is Luca. No one else comes to mind. And Luca is a snake, so he could slither into Sage's apartment quite easily. Yes, Daisy. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think of that because maybe what maybe what we don't know is that Luca is working for Victor on all of these angles. Maybe Luca helped Victor plant the diary and maybe just maybe Luca is having that private detective guy follow and take photos of Victoria not as a revenge plan for himself or as a blackmail plan for himself but as a blackmail plan for Victor. If that's true, that'd be a good twist. Uh, Gary left me a voicemail saying, if Victor is framing his son with a fake diary, all I can say is, how is he going to prove it? no idea. That is a good question. That is definitely left up to um, the future. Who knows? But I love too, by the way, that Gary uh, left me a uh, in the voicemail talking um, that he had read an article from Soap Opera Digest, which I still have yet to get a subscription to and I should know this. Uh, But apparently, Jill is making a return to the show. Yay! Jill! I want to see Jill some more. That would be fantastic. I didn't get to Read this um, in any of my sites. So I didn't know anything about it. This was news to me. But um, Gary says that she's going to be filming some scenes where she's interacting with Kane and Lily and Hillary. But Gary says, I, all I really care about is her seeing that house. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, really, seriously, if if Jill comes back, see, YNR keeps blowing it with Jill. She never had a moment where she was Uh, telling Billy she was glad that he was still alive. Remember when Billy was dying in the hospital and Jill was his fiercest advocate for keeping him alive? Well, he makes a miraculous recovery and Jill never really even had a moment with him to say, glad you're alive, son. And if they bring her back and have her doing this and that all over Genoa City without having her show up at that mansion, I'm gonna die. I need her. I don't know why, but I need her to disapprove of it somehow. I I keep thinking too. I don't know why this keeps occurring to me, but I keep thinking about how Billy and Phyllis had that affair and had sex all over that room while uh, that picture of Catherine and Jill was sitting on the bookshelf. Like they had to have been watching them. That's the last thing I would want to see as I was having an affair. Um, Consuela on YouTube says, Allie, I think Stitch is pushing Abby away because he's consumed with guilt. And I think it's hard for him to look at Abby because it's overwhelming to even think that your child is responsible for your child's death, which that's so good, Consuela. And Troy kind of follows this up uh, with a comment at YRChat.com saying Stitch is pushing Abby away because he feels feels like a complete failure. He failed with his first marriage. He feels like he failed his troop in the war. He failed Max. He just sees himself as someone who just brings people down. Oh my gosh Consuela and Troy those are really really insightful comments because we saw this week that Max has been committed basically to a long-term psychiatric rehab facility. Um, I really liked that YNR is kind of bringing that part of the story to, cl- to a close. I liked that Paul was involved in all of that. It was just so appropriate. But now we're focusing on the relationship between Stitch and Abby. And even though we had some sweet little scenes between them this week where they're trying to connect. They're trying to spend time together. He even does this romantic rose petals on the bed thing for her. There's still something that's, that's coming between them. It's like he's st- Still not all the way. And I think that just as Consuela and Troy had said, it really is because he wants to connect with his wife, but he's plagued by his own guilt. Um, uh, His guilt as being a failure uh, as a father, of a husband. And I think that we're going to continue to see this couple try but struggle. And even Ashley made a comment this week about how mature Abby has become, and she is really trying to be supportive of her husband. Husband. and even though she would love to just slip away now into the post-marriage life that they never really like the honeymoon phase that they never really got she's trying to encourage him still to spend time with Max still to um to to, to help Max and to help Stitch come to terms with what happened with with Max but I I just think we're going to I think the wedge is there and I think we're going to continue to see it. Um, Beatrice left me a funny voicemail or she had a funny point in her voicemail saying the next thing you know, Max is going to come back as a teenager, which is so right. I bet you if you could give this two years, if Abby and Stitch are still on the the show at that point. Yes, they're going to make Max be a teenager and come back and cause trouble for them. I'm kind of for it. Um. Oh Connor left me a voicemail uh, just kind of affirming what I was saying. Mariah could be the one to blow this whole thing up Connor says. I really think so too. I think Mariah is the conscience it's almost like Mariah is a representation of Sharon's conscience um, and I can't see her especially considering she has developed a, a, and tried to develop a relationship with Nick. I can't see her keeping quiet about this for too much longer. If she Sharon can live with seeing Nick with Sully and not saying anything. Watch Dylan playing with his, in, in quote" son, knowing that it's not really his son. I don't think Mariah is going to be able to. Mariah doesn't have that same perspective. Mariah doesn't really have anything per se to lose. I think that Mariah wants to be a good daughter to Sharon. I think Mariah wants to be supportive of her mother, but it's a lie and a lie is a lie. I think Mariah is tired of getting kicked around and... All areas of her life and I think that maybe she's kind of tr- going to be choosing the, the path of truth here. I also have to mention this comment from uh, Sandra at YRChat.com because it's just so well written. Um, Sandra says, we all know life is messy. I don't blame Sharon for her role in acquiring Sully. She was duped just like Sage and Nick, but I do hold it against Sharon for perpetuating the lie. It's going to be hard to tell the truth. It's going to be messy. There's going to be so much fallout from disclosing Sully's true identity, but you have to do it. Sharon has to tell the truth and she never does. Oh man, Sandra, that was really well written, and I think Gary had mentioned to me in a comment too that it's like the shock of the truth has worn off. Like Sharon no longer has the excuse of "I'm in shock, I can't say anything right now." Like now it is sunk in. She is actively covering up the lie, and now it's it's becoming more and more insidious on her part. Um, but I also like Sandra's point in that she needs to tell the truth, and she never does. This is the name of Sharon's character. It's like we're all rooting for her to win, or I am anyway. I'm rooting for Sharon to win. I'm rooting for her to tell the truth, to do the right thing, and she never does. Well, I just couldn't forget to mention that this Thursday, May 26th, will be the eight-year anniversary of YNR Chat. Can you even believe that? I know there are some of you that have been with YNR Chat since day one, so I have to mention it, and and I have to brag about it a little bit, because that's really, really cool. I started um, doing these uh, videos on YouTube on May 26th 2008. So this Thursday will be the eight-year anniversary. Since then, um, actually, this is the 505th video that is on the YouTube channel. Um, So I mean, wow, 505 videos. I probably should have done something special for 500. But it's weird because at the beginning, YouTube had a time limit, so I had to like break them up into many parts. And at the very beginning, I think I was doing Sunday and Wednesday vlogs. So um, I would. I want to know how many weeks I've done YNR chat. I need to maybe do that calculation so I can know uh, my my exact uh, amount of YNR chat weeks I've done. Uh, But 2010, I started the podcast. Uh, So there are this is podcast number 282. (laughs) All of those are on iTunes. All of the videos are on YouTube. It's crazy to think that it's been eight years. I mean, you guys have definitely seen me evolve. Um, I've seen you evolve in so many ways. I've gotten to know you guys beyond so much more than just your usernames. Like I th- I think of you when I'm watching the show. Like, oh, this is what so-and-so is going to think. Or, oh, I can't wait to hear what this person's going to say about that. So um, you guys are very much a part of my experience um, as much as I am of yours. Uh, but yeah, eight years. So if you get a chance on Thursday, uh, think about why in our chat. Maybe stop by the website and say happy anniversary. So here's um gosh, 8 years. Here's to 8 more. And that will do it for me for this week. Oh my. I hope everybody enjoyed the show um, as much as I did. It's always juicy. It's always good. Sometimes YNR makes me feel things and think things that I never expected to think and feel. It's a good show and it's been a really good um, community. I've really liked being able to talk with you guys about it. I've I mean, I've done um Gosh, I've kind of been involved in our communities for a pretty long time. I mean, even back like probably around 99 or 2000 I would watch the show and go online and make my give my opinions in a forum post like I would literally write a little YNR article <laughs> on, on different storylines and post it online so I I, I think from uh, since I've been watching YNR I've always really wanted to talk about it and um, so I'm really glad that I have this platform to do it and um, and that it's it's like created a platform where you guys can talk Talk about it too. That makes me happy more than anything. I've been seeing so much more activity um, at the yrchat.com website, uh, where you're talking about the show as it's airing, and that that's really cool because uh, I like getting like comments that are like relevant to what's happening the current week, so that I can include them include them in the Sunday chat. Um, I like seeing you guys talk to each other. Uh, it's just really it's become really really fun. So keep those comments coming if you want to go to the website. And browse around and leave your opinion, or of course, from there, you can find the YouTube page, the Facebook page, and of course, the podcast page as well. Um, It's kind of fun to go back and listen to old podcasts. I can't stand watching my old videos, but I can't, I can, I can bear to listen to old podcasts. Those are kind of fun. Maybe I need to do a segment where I pull, like, um, from this week in 2002 or something like where I do kind of fly flashbacks. Oh, I'm always creating more more work for myself than I need to but I think I like that idea. That would be fun Um, because a lot of it's there in the podcast and the videos and all that too. So Um, And of course there's the voicemails. (laughs) 309-588- 4569 if you'd like to leave me a voice message. Um, Any way you would like to communicate I always love and appreciate hearing from you. Always read every comment always listen to every voicemail and I just can't thank you guys enough for for uh, participating, and for sticking with me. (laughs) Uh, So I'll see you guys next week, and I hope everybody has a good one. Bye!